Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Let's hear about this episode's topic. Hi, I'm Ava, and I'm eight years old. I have a question. I love eggs, and I want them every day for breakfast. But my mom said this could cause high cholesterol. What is high cholesterol? What causes it? And are eggs good for you? (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a cutie pie. I mean... Who doesn't love eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Right, delicious. yes. But I can't believe that we were doing an episode all about eggs. When you mentioned this to me, I thought mm-hmm. you were a little crazy. No, I think it's an excellent subject, don't you think? You're yoking, right? <laughs> Not at all. There's a bit of tension with eggs, as Ela mentioned, that on the one hand, they can be natural products and a good source of protein. And on the other hand, we worry about kids getting too much fat and cholesterol, and that may not be healthy, right? Right. I mean, I think we need to explore this in exhausting detail. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, you crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> so many good egg jokes. Mm-hmm. Puns. So let's talk first about fat and cholesterol and the concerns that we have with that. Okay, so I don't think that there's any question that in the U.S. we consume too many calories and too much fat in an average diet, and this can lead to obesity as well as heart disease. So there's real concern about too much fat in the diet, and parents are encouraged to be vigilant about their child's diet to keep them healthy. And let's not forget the parents' diet, since adults are the most important role models for children, and setting a good example for their children will benefit themselves also by keeping them healthy. Right. And we know fat is actually an important part of the diet, and it's especially important for younger children, so children under two, because it helps with brain development. So we are not at all advocating for a fat-free diet here, just avoiding the unhealthy kind of fat. And so let's focus then on cholesterol. Cholesterol is an important building block for our brains and our nervous system. It's used to make hormones. However, in excess, it can be bad for our heart health if it's too high. So our livers make cholesterol, and our livers make enough cholesterol for normal metabolism and growth. But we also get cholesterol from our diet from eating animal products, including eggs. Mm -hmm. And the main culprits leading to high cholesterol are saturated and trans fats. When you eat these, the liver makes more cholesterol, and this can result in a high level that is actually unhealthy. And as a reminder, there are good fats, too. And for example, polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats are healthy fats that are found in foods like avocado, olive and sesame seed oil, nuts, and some beans. And these tend to be good for you. There are some exceptions in some plant products, like in tropical oils, including palm and coconut oils. These contain saturated fat that can result in increased levels of cholesterol. And the problem with cholesterol is that high levels of cholesterol can lead to atherosclerosis. And this is plaque that can narrow arteries and make them less flexible. And then this can lead to problems with blood circulation and even heart attacks and strokes. Mm -hmm. And this plaque development starts really early, actually, even as early as eight years of age. And so that's why we really want kids to have good cholesterol levels, even when they're young, to avoid this damage that can cause problems later in life. 
And this is especially important for overweight children, those with a family history of heart disease, or with high blood pressure, hypertension. All right, so let's do the math with cholesterol. What are the important numbers? The important numbers in this case are 300 and 185. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. What do you mean? If you a little bit more explicit, what do those numbers mean? Well, excuse me. So kids <laughs> should have less than 300 milligrams of cholesterol per day, and a large egg has 185 milligrams. Oh, wow. So an egg for a day for a kid would be okay, but that would be as long as they're not getting a lot of cholesterol from other sources. Right, right. So to give you an idea of cholesterol from other sources, one cup of whole milk has 33 milligrams of cholesterol, three ounces of steak has 50, three and a half ounces of ground beef has a little more, 78, three and a half ounces of skinless chicken has 85, and three and a half ounces of shrimp has 194. Wow, shrimp has a lot of cholesterol. I think I have heard that before, but honestly, I have never thought about how much an egg has. That is actually a lot of cholesterol in one egg. Yeah, it's a pretty good chunk of what we're, what we're saying a kid can have. Um, so it really needs to fit into a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. So are there studies that have shown that eating eggs is safe for heart health? Yes, there are studies in adults, and they found that eating one egg per day does not increase the risk of heart disease or stroke. But eating more than seven eggs a week does increase the risk. Hmm. Okay, so maybe if you have like one hard-boiled egg, it's okay, but not like a, a scramble with like three eggs every morning. Not every morning, <laughs> but every three days you can have that. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. And so what are the nutritional benefits to eggs? Because I've always thought that they were okay for you. Yeah, they, they are. They're pretty nutritional. Eggs are a good source of high-quality protein, including essential amino acids. And in fact, eggs are considered a complete protein. So complete proteins means that they include all the amino acids our body needs. And these are important for growing children. Each egg contains a bit over a quarter ounce of protein, or about eight grams. And eggs contain many important vitamins, minerals, including vitamin A, vitamin D, B12, selenium, plus antioxidants that are really important for eye health. Eggs also contain choline, an essential nutrient that many people are not familiar with. Choline is important for healthy brain development. Yes, everybody forgets about choline. Um, <laughs> so one egg has 150 milligrams of choline, enough for a child less than one year of age. As they grow, they're going to need more choline, 250 milligrams per day at four to eight years, 550 at 14 years of age and older. So you're not going to get that all from one egg, but it is a good amount, and they will get it from other parts of their diet, like vegetables and grains. It's in a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, eggs aren't very expensive. So for budget-conscious families, eggs are a really good choice because they generally cost less than 25 cents per egg. Mm -hmm. So let's dissect the egg a little bit. Like dissect? Like from medical school and anatomy <laughs> class? No, like there are two parts of the egg, the yolk and the egg white. There are three parts to the egg, mm -hmm. right? What do you mean? Well, there's the shell. Right. Well, I'm talking about the things that are actually edible. Okay. Just want to make sure that we're <laughs> providing accurate information. So back on the subject, the cholesterol is actually in the egg yolk, and the egg white has all of the benefits of the protein without the cholesterol. 
Right. So that's why I guess mostly adults who are like trying to be healthy and might have high cholesterol, they'll order like an egg white omelet or something. And that's healthier than omelets made with the whole eggs because they're avoiding the cholesterol component. Mm -hmm. And it's also interesting. We recently released an episode on food allergies because you're usually allergic to the protein component of things. Kids are going to be more likely to have an allergic reaction to the egg white. So although healthy, you may be more likely to have an allergic reaction because that's the protein. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also want to know, so even though egg whites may be better for your cholesterol, we want to keep in mind that 90% of the important nutrients that we discussed um, are from the yolk. Mm-hmm. So the whole egg is important. Right. So let's say your child, like our caller, loves eggs. And mm-hmm. after listening to this, you're convinced that one egg per day is going to be okay for them. Mm-hmm, right. And? But it sounds like she really loves eggs. It sounds like she maybe mm-hmm. wants what, more than one egg per day. Then what do you do? Well, tell them it's too bad. You're the parent. They need to get over it. You're the boss, right? <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, we were lucky to have eggs. So kids have it so easy these days. <laughs> <laughs> or we can talk about how they might be able to stretch that egg out over the day. Stretch an egg. That would crack, wouldn't, wouldn't it, if you stretched it? <laughs> Well, I'm talking more about bulking it up, like getting more out of it. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how do you do that? Yeah, for scrambling eggs, sometimes you can add in some nonfat milk. Um, so that way you get a little bit more substance. Mm-hmm. And the nonfat milk is healthy. So that adds extra calcium, but it doesn't add any extra cholesterol. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Another option is to use several egg whites and then just one of the yolks. Mm-hmm. So you just mentioned that the whites don't contain cholesterol, and they will give them a little bit more protein for their growth. Mm-hmm. The egg whites can be used alone to make an omelet, or you can add some turmeric or or some cheese to make them look closer to that regular yellow-looking scrambled eggs um, mm-hmm. without increasing their dietary cholesterol for the day. Well, good ideas, Dr. Lena, or maybe I should start calling you Chef Lena. I would take it. I love cooking. So you're going to the store to buy eggs, and there are so many choices. I look, I'm standing there, and, you know, there's the rows of eggs, and they have the 18-pack and the 12-pack and the organic (laughs) and the the cage-free. And so how do we navigate this? How do we know what eggs are best? It can be so confusing. Um, But let's start with the chickens and how the chickens are kept and raised. So some are labeled United Egg Producers Certified, and these are producers considered to have low standards. For example, each chicken is allowed space comparable to only like a piece of paper the size of like a letter, like eight and a half by 11. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so hard to imagine. And then there are cage-free hens, but this doesn't always mean that they're like in a pasture or something like that. They may not be outdoors. They could be indoors, but just like not in cages, but all going on top of each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're free-range chickens. They can go outside, but there may only be concrete areas that they have access to once they do go outside. Pasture-raised hens get part of their food from their environment, so such as bugs or grass or greens. Um, And this can result in higher vitamin levels, good fatty acids, and lower saturated fats. However, there's really no standardization of the term pasture-raised. So we're not quite sure if we can kind of trust that, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you'll see some eggs as labeled animal welfare approved eggs. And these come from hens that are raised by independent farmers in relatively small flocks. 
They spend all their time outside in pastures that are pesticide-free, and they're not fed animal byproducts. Mm-hmm. And American Humane Certified are similar to that animal welfare approved with the addition of not forced molting. And this is a practice that can be used to increase egg production. Natural or naturally raised hens, that's meaningless because <laughs> there's, there's no standard definition of that. It's like basically just an advertising thing. Okay, good to know. And no antibiotics eggs means that antibiotics are not routinely used but they may be used if, like, the chicken's sick and they need to treat them. Mm-hmm. Organic eggs come from hens who also are not treated with antibiotics, and the feed does not contain pesticides, fertilizers, or other chemicals. And for our, more information on organic foods, you may want to listen to our organics episode. Mm-hmm. So the theoretical advantage of organic eggs is that there's less pesticide exposure, and children's exposed to more pesticides have increased risk of cancer and some behavioral problems. However, even in non-organic eggs, there doesn't seem to be a high risk of pesticide exposure. Right. So they're not one of like the top 10 things that you want right. to like focus in on buying organic. But the main advantage of organic eggs is that studies show that they are more nutritious and they have higher vitamin and nutrient content. And vegetarian fed means the hens are only fed vegetarian food. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. vegan? Do they have vegan eggs? <laughs> vegan. I'm, not aware. I'm not aware of that. Pasteurized eggs are heated to kill bacteria, but not enough to cook the egg. And these are recommended for those with weakened immune systems who may be more prone to infection, such as those getting treatment for cancer or who like eating undercooked eggs. Omega-3 eggs are supposed to have higher omega-3 content, which is good for the heart and brain development. But this is also not standardized, so you don't know how much omega-3 is in it. Mm -hmm. And finally, my favorite designation is eggs with no hormones, because in the U.S., the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, they prohibit hormone products in eggs. So all eggs are no hormone (laughs) eggs. It's a lot of information. Honestly, I I mean, I knew there was a lot of eggs, but I didn't know there were. I don't think I've ever paid attention to how many types of eggs there are in different logos and things. So it's I really learned a lot during this section of it. But what's the bottom line on all of these labels? Like, what what should I go for? So if animal welfare is important to you, then the happiest chickens are likely American Humane Certified, Animal Welfare Approved, and Pasture Raised, followed by Free Range and then Cage Free. And the healthiest eggs are likely organic. So let's turn our attention to chickens. <laughs> Did the egg in this case came before the chicken. Um, right. uh-huh. So we just talked about them and the variations in their living conditions and, and what that means for the egg carton. Right, but we haven't talked yet about backyard chickens. Oh, good point. Since we are t- talking about eggs, and this is an increasing trend for sure. So my husband's parents have a coop in their backyard. They've had chickens for many years. They're all named after, or at least they used to be named after first ladies. So there was Michelle and Jackie O. (laughs) (laughs) They're creative. Um, Yes. But a lot of families think that this is a great way to source their eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not just chickens. Sometimes it's ducks or or geese too. Mm -hmm. And so if you're getting eggs from your backyard chickens, you really can't get any fresher than that. Right. And also for children, it can be fun and educational to learn about chickens. Right. But of course, we have to have Dr. Dean put on his infectious disease hat and tell us about all of the possible infections we can get from these backyard chickens. (laughs) Perfect timing. So let's talk about the risks. 
So, of course, the one I always think about is salmonella. Is that right? Yeah, bingo. So, salmonella is a concern, and other bacteria that we worry about include Campylobacter and E. coli. So, poultry can carry these bacteria, and they usually appear healthy. It's not like the chickens are sick or anything. But you can get these infections by handling poultry, and this may be especially dangerous for children less than five years of age, as well as adults 65 or older. Mm -hmm. Salmonella, Campylobacter, and E. coli all cause fever, abdominal pain, and diarrhea, and may cause even more invasive infections. E. coli may also cause hemolytic uremic syndrome, and that can cause that can result in kidney failure. Mm-hmm. It's really serious. And so, the most important way to Im- avoid these infections is by washing hands with warm water and soap after any touching of poultry or anything in the area where they live. Mm-hmm. So, this includes collecting eggs, handling food and water containers, or other equipment used for chickens, or even being in areas near poultry, even if you don't touch the birds. And you want to make sure as the adult you're supervising your children, washing their hands, because we know that sometimes they don't do the best job on their own. (laughs) Right. And hand sanitizer may be used instead of soap and water. You may want to actually put a container of hand sanitizer near your coop for easy access. Also use common sense around poultry, for example. Although it's great if your children love the chickens as pets, you may not want to let them cuddle with them or kiss them or, Mm -hmm. you know, and then touch their face and their mouth. Right. Don't let chickens in the house, especially in the chicken. <laughs> in the chicken. <laughs> in the kitchen, you mean. In the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you don't want to drink or eat where the chickens live or roam. Right. So um, set aside a separate pair of shoes to use when going into poultry areas and keep them outside the house so that you don't track dangerous bacteria inside. And then when you collect the eggs, handle them safely because they themselves may be contaminated with bacteria from the chicken poop or the area where they're laid. Mm -hmm. Always wash your hands with soap and water right after handling the eggs. Keep the coop clean with regular cleaning. And collect the eggs often because eggs that sit in the nest can become dirty or they can break. Right. And you want to make sure to throw away cracked eggs because even though it's a pain to waste an egg, we know that bacteria on the shell can more easily enter the egg through a cracked shell. And for eggs with dirt or other debris, clean carefully with a brush or cloth, or some people use fine sandpaper. Mm -hmm. This fact I found really interesting in that you don't want to wash warm, fresh eggs because the cold water can actually drive bacteria into the egg. Because I would think that washing them could help get the bacteria off. Right, but the temperature differential can can actually cause the bacteria to go into the egg. Yeah, that's really interesting. So after collecting the eggs, you want to just put them in the fridge. Is that right? Yeah, to put them in the fridge to keep them fresh, and that inhibits bacterial growth. So after they've been in the fridge before you use them, should you wash the shell? or No, it's recommended to, to use the other methods to clean the shell, so to use a cloth. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So we should also make sure that children are supervised around chickens so we, they don't get bit or pecked or scratched by the chicken. <laughs> right, because if the child is, is pecked or scratched, then the, the wound can get infected. So wash the wounds with soap and water immediately to prevent infection. Mm-hmm. So now that we did our routine talk about infectious diseases, mm-hmm. let's talk about cooking eggs, the good okay. part. Yeah, well, I like them sunny side up. What's your favorite way to cook I, eggs? I'm more of an over medium girl myself, over but medium. I, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm I'm more talking about cooking safely to prevent infections. 
Okay, so this is a little tricky area to navigate because a lot of people know the recommendations, including me, but don't follow them. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> obviously, with the sunny side up being your favorite. Yeah. So we know that you want to cook eggs until both the yolk and the whites are firm. So you want to get up to an internal temperature of 160 degrees Fahrenheit or 71 degrees Celsius or hotter, which will reliably kill bacteria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if the whites or the yolk are runny, then any salmonella or other pathogen that is present can make you sick. And like you said, you like sunny side up eggs, so you like a runny yolk, right? Right, because you know the favorite way of eating like a sunny side up egg is like you take the toast and you dip it into the yolk and you kind of soak that up on the mm -hmm. toast, right? Do you, do you eat them that so way? So good, yes, I do. Uh -huh. They're delicious. Yeah, so it's a little bit dangerous. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to cook them all the way through. But the good news is that the risk of contaminated eggs is very low because improvements in egg processing for store-bought eggs in the U.S. has led to decreased rates of salmonella infection from eggs. So undercooked eggs are really low risk of infection for most people. Mm -hmm. But for those at risk for serious infections with egg-associated bacteria, they should avoid undercooked eggs. And again, that can include children less than five, adults over 65, plus anyone with a weakened immune system. And another safe alternative is just using pasteurized eggs. Right, because just like we talked about before, the pasteurized eggs are your first choice if you're at risk for serious disease and you like eating raw or undercooked eggs. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you, as the listener, just like me, never knew how much you didn't know about eggs until today. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so let's summarize some of the main points from our discussion on eggs. It's important for children to eat healthy diets and not eat too many foods that could increase their cholesterol. High cholesterol levels may increase the risk of heart problems, including heart attacks later in life and stroke. Eggs contain cholesterol, so it's important for children to eat them in moderation. One egg per day is okay for children as long as they don't consume too much cholesterol in other parts of their diet. And eggs are a good source of high-quality protein as well as other nutrients such as choline. If children want to eat more than one egg per day, nonfat milk can be used to increase scramble egg volume or separated egg whites can be added. When choosing eggs, American Humane Certified, Animal Welfare Approved, and Pasture Race designate the most humanely treated chickens. And the healthiest eggs are likely organic. Backyard chickens can be a source for the freshest eggs and educational for children. But you want to make sure you supervise your children around the chickens. And hand washing is a must after touching anything related to the chickens. So we hope we answered Ela's question, which is yes, an egg a day is A-OK. -okay. Okay, and we thank senior outpatient dietitian Stacy Collins from UC Davis Children's Hospital for reviewing this episode, although Dr. Lena and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. So we did a lot of puns with this episode, but um, <laughs> I, I, I do have um, one more joke. So what do eggs do for fun at parties? Huh, crack, crack something with, a, with crack? Oh, that would be, that would be like, a, they, that would be good. But this one is, they sing karaoke. <laughs> As a big karaoke fan, I like that joke. <laughs> okay. And you, when I was emailing you about this episode, you were trying a recipe. What were you trying out? 
Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. My my mother in law Jen, she would when we visit her, she would make us eggs, and I've never seen anybody make an egg like this. She makes an egg uh, by putting water in the pan, not butter, not oil. She puts water in a pan, just a little bit, and she heats that up until the water's boiling, which doesn't take long because it's a very small amount of water. Cracks an egg in it and puts the lid on. And then waits a few minutes, and then the egg is done. And it comes out as like a fried egg, not a crunchy fried egg, but a fried egg. And there's like no butter added. Um, it's just a, it's it's kind of unique. And then she, you know, she'll, she'll put it on like a piece of toast and maybe put some sliced avocado or something like that. Yum. Well, I can't wait to try that. I have um, perfected the poaching an egg in the microwave technique, so... There's a lot of different ways because poaching is is difficult. So, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do you do it? You put some boiling water in a bowl and then you crack the egg in and then you put it in for like 30 seconds. And mm-hmm. it's great. Everyone's microwave is a little bit different, but it's a right. nice, easy way to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways to make eggs. I also love, love a good egg. So I'm happy <laughs> to hear that an egg a day is a okay. Uh-huh. So we'll post um, Jen's steamed egg recipe on our on our website for you. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 